Hey, this is Fireman Rob. You know, optimal performance isn't something that happens just by accident. I know this for a fact from being a fireman and doing way too many Ironman triathlons and full firefighter gear. But everybody always asks me, what's your secret? I can give you one secret. That's the right stuff, hydration. Hydration is important when it comes to being present in the moment, ready to run into the fires and being capable of showing up every single time at your best. The Right Stuff was created for NASA by NASA for their astronauts. Now it's trusted by professional athletes in Major League Baseball, NBA, NFL, and most of the top tier college sports. It's not an accident to prepare yourself to be great. If you're looking for that next edge, go to therightstuff-usa.com and enter the code FIREMANROB and you'll get 10% off at your checkout. This is an opportunity I wouldn't pass up. I have and still do use The Right Stuff. It's serious hydration for serious athletes, from the weekend warriors to those on the front lines. Make this a part of your habits to be the best you daily. Welcome to Forged in the Fires podcast with Fireman Rob. Being a fireman, father, veteran, husband, world record holder, and Ironman, he brings stories of experience to impact your life while challenging you to live it. What do you want from your life? Why do you want it? Are you willing to go through the challenges to get there? If you have the courage to take that first step, let this podcast be the catalyst to start your fire while you bring the resilience to make it continue to burn. Our lives are made up of moments called right nows. So let's get started. Forged in the Fires podcast with your host, Fireman Rob, begins now. We got the same blood, the same blood, stay by your side, it's right or die, we've got the same. All right, welcome back to Forge in the Forest podcast. I'm your host, Fireman Rob. Today's guest, well, he's in a lot nicer place than I am right now, and I forgot to tell him that he is not supposed to dress up for this one because I'm just wearing shorts, um, but this gentleman, he... Uh, his background is is amazing, but then he transformed his life after a medical uh, issue that he had, and now he is helping others to find different ways to be able to make those life-changing um, experiences in their lives positive. Leo Treadwell, thanks for being on today. Thanks, Rob. I appreciate it. Uh, now, you said you, you were, before we got on, you said you were wearing this, this nice tie, it was all my fault that I didn't tell you that you didn't have to dress up for this. <laughs> yeah, I'm just kidding, man. I don't even have a tire. I don't even own a tire right now. <laughs> I can only imagine. Now, you, you live in the Dominican Republic right now, correct? Yes, that's correct. Oh, and, and it's got to be just an amazing uh, experience down there. Um, it's, it's, it's very different than anything we, can, we have over here in the United States. Uh, we'll get to kind of why you moved down there, but I want to start back and 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 go back to your roots of you know you've been working pretty much since you were in the, a teenager, right? Yes, uh, completely true, completely true. Mm-hmm. And 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 you worked your butt off. I mean, so you started out with Magic Pan International, and you started when you were nineteen. What was the premise behind getting starting that that kind of work when you were nineteen years old? Huh. Well, uh, I was actually a, <laughs> I was actually a serial entrepreneur before then. Um, okay, everything from you know the typical you know, you know type A man going out and 
getting jobs mowing lawns at age 12 and uh, having, a, you know, multiple paper routes. And even in the summer, I was, you know, going and cleaning fish and, you know, up in the Pacific Northwest where I was living at that time. You know, I'd be cleaning the salmon for people or cleaning the cod for people. And the salmon row, I would take the eggs and I would turn into steelhead bait and sell that to, sell that to someone else. Uh, so I was really always interested in, really, I was interested in, in doing good work and being appreciated for it. That was really the big thing for me. That's always been my motivator. I take a lot of pride in what I do. I, I love that. And you, and you were resourceful. Like, how did, where did that come from? Because that's, I mean, I have, I have uh, teenagers and younger individuals and, and that resourcefulness, it's not something that is bred inside of them. No, I think that grit is also something that's missing from people these days. I love the idea, you know, things get difficult and people say, oh, it's a sign from the universe. I shouldn't be doing it. And it's like, no, that's called work. (laughs) (laughs) I love that. I love that. Yeah, it's so true. And, you know, your career, you know, as an entrepreneur, um, it was kind of, you're kind of hit in the face when you were diagnosed with a cancerous tumor in your lower back. It was kind of one of those moments, you know, we always say those, we have those moments in our lives that change us um, either for the better or for the worse. What, what did that, tell me more about that moment when you found out um, that you had that cancerous tumor and, and what was your mindset at that point? Okay. Well, you know, I actually have, have had a lot of those moments in my life and I had a few of them before cancer oh, okay. as well. Yeah. And so at that particular junction of my life, I had experienced a few emotional, pretty deep emotional upsets. And mm-hmm. so when I was diagnosed, Something inside of me just told me that, you know, this isn't a physical thing. This is, uh, goes beyond that. You know, I'm sure certainly it's physical. I've got all these mutated cells in my lower back. Right. Uh, although, you know, intuitively between, you know, the, the mentoring I was given from my grandfather, because I spent a lot of time with my grandfather when I was a kid, um, who didn't have any trust in politicians or, doctors or anybody like that. He just really instilled into me like, hey, if you take your car to the shop and there's nothing wrong with it and you ask them to take a look at it, they're going to find something wrong. You're going for a <laughs> physical, they're going to find something wrong, you know? Right. So, so uh, I, you know, I just, I was in a tough spot in my life and I just walked out of the hospital after my diagnosis and I said, either I'm going to figure this out on my own or I'm going to pass away. And I was very, very clear that right. those are my two options. Yeah. How old were you at that time? I just turned 25. Wow. So that's a, that, that kind of perspective at 25 is, that's a hard perspective. Did you, did you see that uh, in your mindset when like, cause you said your grandfather was always like, you know, they're going to find something wrong. Was that kind of um, feeling or thought, did that manifest in you to, maybe move towards more of a positive, like, Hey, I can find another way to do this. Oh, sure. Yeah. And well, it was that. And the fact that somehow I also through just really strange methodologies, I got interest introduced to conspiracy theory stuff at a very young age and I was, I wasn't seeking it. Right. Um, but 
everything from, I, I don't know, I questioned a lot of stuff. I had a very interesting upbringing, though, too, because um, I was a unexpected child and not necessarily a wanted child. And then I okay. ended up being adopted by uh, my stepfather. And, you know, my mother had to make some hard decisions whether she wanted to stay with him or keep me in the house. And she had elected to stay with him. So I left home early. Um, and I don't know, I, just, I guess it just, I really had this survival, you know, black and white, go this way, go that way, whatever's going to happen is going to happen type of attitude and experience, you know, several times already um, by that time. And, um, yeah, so, I mean, I, I really found myself in interesting, a lot of very interesting <laughs> situations. Um, yeah. Challenging. I mean, you, you really had, uh, incidents where like sometimes people will have one of those in their lifetime and it debilitates them, but you had multiples and it didn't debilitate you. It made you more thirsty for finding that, um, ability to find your peak performance and, and kind of hacking your own mind. Yeah, for sure. For sure. I'm still up to it today, (laughs) but in beautiful climates. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. How good, how good can you stand it? That's my mantra right now. How good can you stand? Oh, I love that. I love that. When when do the shirts come out? (laughs) The shirts. You got, you got to start to make some shirts with those logos on it. I don't know. I'll let somebody else take advantage of that one. (laughs) (laughs) Now, now I want to get into and talk more about um, the mind hacking technology, and you've had many iterations of it. But the autobiographical feedback. Now, tell me a little bit more about that. Well, it's my it's my pride and joy, and I think it's well, it's definitely something that is going to, going to disrupt the human development industry for sure. For sure, unless something happens and they shut down the internet or I die tomorrow or something. But as this information gets out there, it's going to completely redefine what we know about uh, human development, peak performance, and consciousness, spirituality. This is seriously a game changer. This is a very, very big shift because, as you know, there are many motivational speakers, there are many coaches, and there are lots of different seminar leaders. But I would say that well over 99% of them are saying the same thing and it's all good stuff. There's nothing wrong with it. Right. But at the end of the day, what it comes down to is that we live in a story. We have a certain number of limiting beliefs. We have a certain number of thoughts each day. Those thoughts come from the past. We have our programming between, you know, third trimester, you know, in the, in the belly and seven years old approximately. And then we, you know, start to form our own consciousness, but we have this programming that's there. That's what we have to overcome in our life. Um, that we live in language, that we're meaning-making machines, that we have 6,000 thoughts a day, 90% of those thoughts are negative and from the past and are going to keep creating tomorrow, that we need to re- reconstruct a new story, that we have to somehow interrupt our pattern, that we are bombarded with algorithms and corporate narratives and agendas and et cetera that are you know, competing for our mind. Right. And we know all this stuff. Everybody says it in a different way. Uh, we use tools like hypnosis or, again, you know, coaching by asking people questions and then they come up with their answers and they head in the direction they should be going. We use neuro-linguistic programming, timeline therapy, hypnotherapy, all these types of modalities we use. But right. what are we, what's the end game? The end game is to have new thoughts, 
so that we have new empowered emotions that go with those thoughts. And those thoughts and those emotions are organized around what our purpose in life is. And that's impossible. It's impossible. People out there are saying, hey, you know, come here, let's change your thinking. There's no way to really truthfully change somebody's thinking unless someone is in this environment of, you know, seminar after seminar after seminar, reading book after book after book, and, you know, really fighting against their own resistance and addiction to their past personality, their past identity. And even then, they've got this stinking thinking that they're fighting against all the time, and they're verbalizing good phrases to try to, you know, look like they have a positive mental attitude, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. But how do we actually literally go inside of the brain and the body mind? We have about 40 trillion thinking and feeling cells, and we have hundreds of trillions of neural connections. How do we actually re, like really, truthfully rewire that, reprogram that? And um, that's what I'm introducing with autobiographical feedback. It's a way to do that for real. Not another shtick, not another spinoff of Tony Robbins or Deepak Chopra or one of those things. Um, But something actually totally different that leverages what we know about applied neuroplasticity, what we know about neural associative conditioning in relationship to psychology, uh, how we work with our timelines, and how to literally leverage epigenetics and change the... And when I say this, when I say vibration, I don't mean to sound airy-fairy because it's not airy-fairy. It's literally the uh, electromagnetic fields and the, the vibratory status of the cells inside of our body so that they're actually asking for different types of emotional responses from our hypothalamus and the other endocrine glands that are inside of the body. So that's, yeah, I love that you've went, uh, yeah, so most people go just surface <laughs> level. And I, I love how you said in here, you say, um, is, is positioning to disrupt the information age with the implementation age. I, I can't tell you how powerful that statement is because it, it, a lot of people are just giving information and not telling people how to implement it or people aren't taking that into consideration. Um, how much of your studies in yourself have contributed to, uh, really this momentum of what you're doing. Uh, can you rephrase that? I'm, I'm not quite sure so, what you're so, asking. So in other words, how, how your, you know, your life has been, you've had a lot of different, like you said, impact moments and different things. How much of your life and trying to, in essence, find your path, your, your road has led you to wanting to find this autobiographical feedback and, and create it into something that um, can actually unleash that human potential. Okay, so do you know what mnemonics is? No, go ahead. I... Okay, so mnemonics is a, it's a Greek mind-hacking technology that's used to create associations to external environmental cues. Okay, okay. so it's a way that you can like, use it as a pegging system for increasing your memory. So as an example... Uh, you could walk into your, like, let's say you lose your keys a lot, right? So you walk into the house and you use this tool. You, you grab your keys and you're like, you know, I'm so sick of losing my keys. I'm going to throw them over there in the corner and I'm going to pretend like I'm throwing a grenade in the corner. And I'm going to like visualize this a grenade going off when I throw my keys in the corner. This is a simple example. Right. So then later in the day, you're like, where are my keys? You're like, oh yeah, that's right. I blew up the corner of the house over there. I'm going to go grab my keys. So, uh, when I was diagnosed with cancer, I 
immediately dove into Tony Robbins, Deepak Chopra, Carolyn Mace, Bruce Lipton, Candace Pert, everybody that had anything to say with self-healing, peak performance, how to create new emotion, emotional molecules inside of the body that are moving us more towards growth and away from entropic events. And as I studied their stuff, I was like, dang, man, this stuff is incredible. It makes sense. It's like got to be true. How come everybody doesn't use this stuff out there? Like, what is going on? Why aren't we taught this stuff in school? Like, everybody should know about neural associative conditioning and neurolinguistic programming and how to collapse limiting beliefs and rewrite those rules in the subconscious mind. And everyone should know this stuff. Everyone should know right. that when they go to take a drink of water, it's because every single cell on their body has communicated to a messenger molecule called angiotensin 2 that said, hey, are you guys dehydrated? And when enough of them cells inside of our body said, yes, we have this conscious thought, I'm thirsty. But it's not because that conscious thought came from nowhere. It's literally all these thinking cells that are directing every one of our thoughts. I thought, why don't we know this stuff? You know? And yeah. as I, you know, went along, I learned more about psychoneuroimmunology and psychoendocrinology and, you know, tipping points and critical mass and all these things that actually create those phase transitions inside of the body mind. I thought, wow. If I implemented this stuff into my life, I would be meditating like four hours a day, visualizing for two hours a day, saying affirmations for another hour and a half a day. Um, like all of this stuff I'd have to do. I was like, this is ridiculous. This is ridiculous. Like it's so much. So I said, I got to right. create a system that automatically does this for me. Automatically does it for me. So I took uh, a couple of very old ancient techniques, one of them being mnemonics from the Greeks. Another one being uh, gematria from Hebrew, Aramaic, also used in Egypt, in uh, the Aztecs, the Mayans used it. So all of these, and the Greeks used it as well. So the gematria goes back to paleolinguistic anthropology, which is the origin of language. Now, okay. what's, what's incredible, what is absolutely incredible and yet so simple is that we do live in language and everything is communicating to everything else all of the time. So we change our language and we change our consciousness. We change the program. We change the programming. And so what I did is I invented a new language and I used that ancient technology of gematria, which takes every phonetic sound in Hebrew, every phonetic sound in Aramaic, same in Egyptian and Sanskrit and everything else and they apply them to a numeric value okay makes sense so yep. if you were to read the torah or the kabbalah or even the bible codes uh, that michael dresden talks about um you'll realize like wow these guys were extremely sophisticated when they wrote these texts back then because there's so many levels of meaning that are woven into the torah kabbalah and the bible like and again why don't we know all this stuff why how come this <laughs> stuff is kept from us because with right. gematria when you understand a language like that it rewires the brain in a totally different way because when you have all of a sudden new meanings that are connected to the language of the universe i mean everything from subatomic particles to the weights of um, every, everything you can imagine is numbers in the universe and when we start to if you use a technology like gematria and a pegging system like mnemonics together and you weave into that neurolinguistic programming neural associative conditioning and all of these other amazing transformational tools then everywhere you go in your life and you see 
any combination of numbers, you're going to see a story coming about coming back about your future and the feelings you want to have and the self-talk that you're having to yourself. It's like this marketing campaign for the best you you can be for the rest of your life. Huh. And it's constantly repatterning new neural networks and it's constantly training the body-mind to create new emotional responses. So that to me is how to implement all the information that's out there. And it's, it's not fair when I go to an event like, uh, I remember maybe... 15 years ago, I went to a, an event by Peak Potentials called Millionaire Mind, and I'm sitting there with like 3,000 people, and I'm getting, right. some good ins- I'm getting some good insights, and I'm like, cool, I'll make that 54, cool, I'm going to make that 32, cool, that's going to be 63, based on all these phonetics. And, you know, all of those things I integrated into my life super fast, and I'll bet you the 3,000 people that were there, hardly anybody remembers or uses any of that stuff that, they, that was there. Right. And I, I see it on the daily. I still see it every day. Every day. So, so, so go ahead. Go ahead. I'm sorry. Uh, yeah. So I'm, I'm, you're blowing my mind here. So when, when you think about like a lot of the things that you're talking about, the neurolinguistics and everything. So are we using these subconsciously and not really um, applying them to the level to be able to be optimal? Or is it that people aren't even using them because they don't understand them? There's, no, I mean, I'm a neuro, I'm a master practitioner of neurolinguistics and timeline therapy and hypnotherapy and psycholinguistics, all this stuff, right? Yeah. Getting all of those credentials and going through those courses did not do anything for me hardly at all. Okay. When I put that into my system and that stuff was now happening to me, so it wasn't just information I learned, but now it was, oh, okay. now it was information that was being applied to my life. Let me give right. an example. Let me give an example. In autobiographical feedback, the phonetics go like this: go la tha la tha la tha la. Tell me where, tell me where your tongue is at when you go la 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 la. It's in by my teeth. Uh, what top of my mouth? Right, top ones. Yeah, now say tha 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 tha. Same where? Same place, right? Yeah. Okay, now say ba 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 ba. Okay, where is your tongue and where are your lips? Ba, ba. Lips are together and tongue's behind. Right. Now say pa, pa, pa. Pa. <laughs> Same place. Same place, right? So what you'll notice if you say kagakwa, 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 all of those phonetics actually are emitting the same vibrational sound coming from the same tonality shape of the mouth. Let's say that, um, well, I'm sure finances are very important to people, right? Right, right. More than likely. Okay, that's 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 a simple one. So, if you say fa va fa va, you're going to notice that your top teeth are going to touch your bottom lip. Okay. Yep. Fa, yep. Fa, fa, fa. fa, fa. So, so I can create. So if I've got number nine that has the phonetics associated to it, and again, this is just like Hebrew and Aramaic and these other languages. They do exactly the same thing in order to create a very sophisticated way to communicate to themselves and share knowledge that most people will never know. It's a really old, old, old cipher technology. It's incredible, actually, especially how many cortexes of the brain and hemispheres it weaves together. It's incredible. So if I take fa va and in autobiographical feedback, the sound fa va has the numeric association to number nine, right? Okay. So if I see 99, I can see financial freedom as an example. Okay. Huh. So okay. if I see 99 and I, and I thought, well, you know what I encoded into that family values, because I want to 
or maybe I encoded that financial freedom, or maybe I, whatever. A person creates their own autobiography and it feeds back to them. So they create this. Uh, we we want to use all of the tools that are being used in the in the industry today, everything from affirmations to visualization. Except for taking visualization a couple steps larger into contextualization, because now we know more about the human body mind's multidimensionality. So it's important to incorporate some of that multidimensional aspect of what we used to call visualizing and move more into the contextualizing area. But at any rate, so if I am, let's say I pick up my phone and I'm, you know, looking at a, a menu that I'm at a, at a restaurant or something like that. And I say, okay, you know, the, the price of the meal is five ninety nine or the cup of coffee or whatever. Okay. So when I see the 59, I say, oh, radiant family. I have this beautiful image of me and my boys and my young daughter and we're surfing on the beach. And, you know, then we're coming back in. We're riding horses up to our buddy's place on a full moon night. And, da, 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 da. and this is something I'm having like as a, a surprise for an epic experience to have, you know, three months from now with my family. And right. I decided to put that in there. So every time my thoughts are interrupted and a new pathway is created and my focus is put to the things that I want my focus to be on, then, you know, we all know that whatever we focus on is going to expand for sure. Right. For sure. So <laughs> if I've got tens of thousands of these anchors that have to do with my finances, my physical health, how to reverse aging. I mean, there's literally like Dr. Del Ellen Langer from Harvard medical school, she put people who are over a hundred years old into an environment that reminded them of when they're in their twenties. And within a few months, their all of their biological markers, like their hearing thresholds, their visual thresholds, their skin elasticity, their bone density, all of these things began to reverse because really? the growth. Oh yeah. Because the growth hormone levels that the mind was associating to being in their twenties was creating growth hormones when they're in their twenties, their immunomodulators huh. began to act like they were in their twenties. So we can create anchors that have very distinct, powerful memories of our past that are bringing up those emotions on the regular and instantly creating healing responses inside of the body, instantly. We know that one of the number one anti-cancer drugs is called Interleukin-2, and it's made by a pharmaceutical company called Hoffman Maroche. Okay. So Interleukin is made by my thymus gland behind my heart. So... I can either go get interleukin-2, which mimics the normal interleukin that's made, or okay. I can have a very exciting, fun day and ride horses and get my, my excitement levels up and all, my body will start producing interleukin on its own. And hmm. I can also be like, hey, what are some, like, let me list off like five of the most epic experiences I've ever had and be able to encode those in there so when I see them, it stimulates this healing response inside of my body. So that's what I did. I created these anchors all around me that were, that were mimicking the activities that I was supposed to be doing to work towards self-healing in my body. And within three months, my whole life transformed. And wow. I didn't have any more pain in my back or nothing. And I was like, wow, how do I apply? What if I start applying this to everything else in my life, which I started doing? And I mean, it's incredible. I mean, I would not be living here in the Dominican Republic today Getting up at five o'clock in the morning. Actually, I didn't get up at five o'clock in the morning. I left the house at five in the morning oh, wow. to go train with a Golden Gloves, Gloves boxer. Then I went to the gym and I worked out. Then I went to the beach with an international community, really great friends. We went surfing. Then we sat back, had our tea and great conversations. Um, and on the daily, like it's it's incredible how I consciously designed 
what I wanted my future to look like, and I'm living that right now. And, and many people talk, do that. Right. <laughs> go ahead. You talk about anchors. I want to go back to the anchors because you're talking about anchors and making those so that you can see those on a daily so that it brings you that enjoyment or that excitement in life. What was the first anchor that you created for yourself? So the first one I created for myself was a number 12 son. And it was because this was the first thing that, that came to my mind. So number one has the phonetic su, su. And number two is the phonetic na, na. Okay. okay. And there's, there's, there's a lot to this, by the way. Like I could, oh, I can imagine so many <laughs> layers to this, which is beautiful. Yeah. So anyways, I, I realized my biggest hurt in my life at that time was a, my son that I had not been a part of his life, just like my father had not been a part of my life. And I realized that I had all of this pain and guilt and anxiety inside of me for not reaching out and trying to connect to this young man that, uh, you know, that I helped propagate seven years prior. Right. And so I made that anchor and I, and I immediately dove into like Tony Robbins work, like, okay, create a new association. Cause whenever I think of my son's, Whenever I think of my son, I was just getting massively depressed and, you know, just like, you know, like sometimes people feel like I don't even want to have hope because hope I'm associating pain to because I just don't believe this is ever going to be possible to have something good, you know? So I'd just right, rather right. not even go there. So that's where the neural associative conditioning comes in. So I said, okay, cool. Let me create this anchor for number 12. And, uh, I'm going to create a new association. So the only way that I could be a bad father is if I didn't care. So that I created a new rule. I was like, I do care. So I am a good father. There's just a time, there's a, a time span between me and my ability to, to show that. So I need to engage and create a new timeline for the future that's totally different from my timeline in the past because, again, you know, the past doesn't equal the future. So I right. just began to redesign and I made it really easy to feel successful and said, what, you know, if I, I make a call, make a call, you know, maybe he doesn't want to talk to me. That's okay. I'm putting forth the effort. And then right. if I put forth the effort, then I'm becoming a good father. So I just rewrote these rules. And then every time I saw number 12, all these new rules would come up, this new image of me and my son being together. Um, the affirmations that I had tied in that, the declarations, the, the intentions that I was setting and the feelings that I wanted to have if we were together in that beautiful spot. And that's the key. To, to be able to, on demand, create emotional alchemy inside of your body so that you create the emotion that's going to attract the experience instead of the opposite. Because we don't want things. We want the feelings. We think those things will give us. So create the feelings first, you know? Wait, say that again because that is the, one of the most powerful lines you, I've heard in a long time. Yeah, well, so like if somebody says, yeah, I want to be financially free, what's that feeling? I don't know. Well, you better get clear on what that feeling is because you're not going to attract financial freedom until you're super clear on, right. on what that feeling is. And so, so you know, we don't want things. We want the feelings we think that things will give us. That's so powerful. I, lo I love that. Now, the anchors, do they change? Do some drop off? Or do you constantly keep all of the anchors with you? Man, I have had... So many anchors that I've created and kept. I've okay. had so many anchors that I've created, totally integrated into my life, and now they're just a part of me and I don't use anymore. I have so many anchors where I can see one two-digit number. Like, 
I was listening to something by Bruce Lipton last night. He was saying, this is how you change the unconscious mind. Because I'm going to go see Bruce Lipton. I went and saw, I'm going to see Bruce Lipton in a couple of weeks. I just left seeing Joe Dispenza and Greg Braden and a few other guys. Because I want to see what other people are teaching right now. Right. right. Exactly. And um, anyway, he said, the only way that you can change the programming of the unconscious mind is by saying affirmations and hypnosis. And he said, if you tell yourself, I'm happy, I'm happy, I'm happy, I'm happy, I'm happy, eventually you're going to be happy. And I was like, oh, man, I remember those days when I used to think that way. I see number, <laughs> 70, I see number 74, and it's – every yeah. time I see number 74, it's um, I'm beautiful, I'm happy, I'm brilliant, I'm powerful. Because, again, you have that I am, not, not for the seven, and then the beautiful, powerful, brilliant, abundant – that's all for the ba-pa, ba-pa that's linked to number four. So I have this l- large list of things that go off for certain uh, anchors that are out there, where it's like 15 different things that I'll run through, and then I feel the feelings for those and the questions that are associated to those, and then I alchemize and blend those with where I'm at in the moment, creating all new chemicals inside of my body. When we understand how cellular biology works and the process of mitosis and how the membrane works with the of the cell works with the... Uh, chemical messengers and peptides and transmitters. It's fascinating because no matter how great of a state I might be in, let's say we're going horseback ride and we're galloping down through a river in this like Jurassic Park jungle area that, you know, we have these epic horseback rides around here. So I might be boom, 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 going through. I'm just feeling so exhilarated. And I look over and I see my wife and she's riding alongside of me and super excited as well. Right. The moment that, that adulation and an excitement comes inside of my body, my hypothalamus, and again, the other chemical producing glands, they start showering and studying the outside of these membranes. If any of those cells don't have enough receptor sites to receive everything that's being given to them, they're encoding and telling the next cell from the process of mitosis to be born with more of those receptor sites. So, this works in a negative way because if we fall into a state of depression, that's why we get into these big loops where we get more and more depressed because new cells are being born, craving more depressing chemicals. But right. we can also have tens of thousands or millions of anchors around us that are constantly firing off great emotional responses, thus training the body-mind to be craving and asking for more of those peak experiences. Wow. And that's incredible that we're not implementing this or it's not a conversation at the table every day because anybody with any disease, if they're feeling crummy about having that disease and feeling depressed or like a victim, they're just propagating it. But if they right. understand how their body mind works, it's thrilling to know I'm in the driver's seat. I'm in the driver's seat. There's actually a lot I can do here. A lot. I love that. I love that. People need to go to IamTheMatrix.com. You can find out so much more. You have live events. You have online programs. Um, Honestly, I think we could probably talk about this for a few hours here, if not days. Um, Amazing, amazing stuff. I I can't thank you enough for coming on today. And definitely, I will have you on again because I want to know more. (laughs) Um, I always end with uh, the uh, three questions. and uh, Are you ready for those three questions? Sure. All right. So if you could go back to your 18-year-old self and tell yourself one thing, what would it be? Oh, boy. Jeez Louise. Start a different career field? No. <laughs> you know, um, I'm one of those types of per- people that um, 
I've really appreciated the difficult times I've had in my life. So I, I don't think I would try to avoid any of those. I love that. Yep. Yep. Um, well, I don't know, man. I mean, I was, I, uh, on my 18th, right when I was eight, when I was 18, I got my first movie role with John Travolta and his wife, Kelly Preston. I was playing a Russian spy <laughs> and I walked off set and I, and I, but man, I'll tell you what, if I would not have walked off set, I would, my life would be completely different. I was really? in another movie. I was in another movie afterwards, uh, a, a human development movie. It was a follow-up to the secret that no one has ever heard of hardly at all. What is that? Um, all right. You got to say, what? what is it? I shouldn't really say that either. Jeez. Uh, it's called pass it on. Pass it on. But you know, yeah, it's, you know, it's got all the guys that were from the secret in there for the most part. And, you know, a couple of other hooligans like myself. Um, <laughs> Oh, but yeah, that was, that was, a, that was a really, you know, uh, that was a really cool time of my life. And, uh, I was just so full of myself. I thought, ah, if I want to get another movie, I'll just get in another movie or something. <laughs> <laughs> hey, we, we all have to go through this. I like, I like your, uh, explanation that, you know, you can't, you can't hope to change things in the past to, uh, you know, adapt your future. I think it's, we all have those challenges and we, you have to uh, enjoy that you got to go through those and, where you are now from them. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Number two, here it is. Uh, if you could give people two things, everybody goes through challenges and struggles and traumas. If they could incorporate two things into their daily habits, whether it be in the morning or in the evening or whenever it is, what would those two things be and why? Okay. The first thing would be to, uh, before you get out of bed in the morning, start to train yourself to do a pre rise ritual where you're training yourself, just take five minutes before you get out of bed and get clear. What are the feelings I want to have today? And where, what experiences am I going to have today that will give me those feelings? And so that's one. Okay. Because again, we're only looking for the feelings. So we could have the experience and not even give ourselves permission to actually feel like, wow, you know what? Like this morning, I have a buddy of mine, and he's an international polo player. He just got back uh, to the north coast here of the Dominican. And uh, we sat down and, you know, had some, had some breakfast this morning. And I could have easily hung out with him and just took it for granted instead of being super excited and feeling the connection of one of my best friends, you know? Right. <clears throat> but I was very clear, like, hey, I'm going to go really enjoy my time with Jonathan this morning. And I'm going to soak that up. I'm going to be present in the the value of having this relationship and the fact that he's back in town and the reflection that he offers me as a, a mentor. He's a bit older than I am and as a community contributor. So, um, you know, I gave myself permission to have that experience and feel those feelings before I even got out of bed. That's huge. Yeah. And the second one is everybody, everybody should have should have at least minimum very clear one year goal for what their you know just absolute dream desire epic story epic life hero's journey messianic voyage what it should look like a year from now where they should be going and i mean again because we've got to give the universe the information so that that word information is information it actually allows something to come oh. into form right yeah that makes so, sense 
we give the universe that information and then we also we want to emit it so the word emit is time backwards so we emit that and then we come back from that place to the present so i can lay in bed in the morning and after i get clear on my experience for the day and the feelings i want to have i can say cool let me visualize where i'm at a year from now we'll make table back nine months six months three months okay now i'm back to today again great hop out of bed but i took the time to get super clear on what I'm all about before I even put a foot on the ground. Hmm. And what is this? This is strengthening the mind. It's purifying the mind. It's, it's going to the gym with the mind. I mean, we, right. we as a collective, you know, 8 billion people on this planet with 6,000 thoughts a day, we are sending out 48 trillion prayers every single day that's creating tomorrow. And in a lot of ways, we're not doing a very good job. You know, our potential right. to be just the most like like i love first responders by the way rob and i, I can only <laughs> i can only imagine how you must have felt on 9-11 yeah. and you know i've done a lot of martial arts and i've worked with law enforcement i've trained the military navy's leadership academy etc cetera, etc cetera. but i have always loved uh first responders you're just really beautiful people you know for the most part and you know like 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 i've hardly ever met anybody you know that i didn't find to be amazing that was a firefighter or, or um, ambulance driver or whatever, you know? Right. So, uh, you know, I think it's just really key to make sure our heart's in the right place before right. we get out of bed. So I, I love those. The, yeah. I always, the, the wisdom that comes through in these podcasts, I love that because it's different perspectives. Like you said, you go and research other people to find out what their perspectives are. And that way you can get a greater picture of how can I be this greater person or have lived to more potential. So I love those two. All right. This last one's going to be interesting for you. So if you could sit at a firehouse table and have coffee with three individuals, that can be deceased or alive. Who would those people be and why? Oh, cool. All right. So, Wow. I'm a huge fan of our founding fathers. Mm -hmm. So I would probably, first inclination is Jefferson. I'd want to sit down with oh, Jefferson. Yep. I've, um, I've studied these guys intensely. I mean, Jefferson wrote 30,000 letters with a feather. And I've read as many of them as I could get my hands on. Wow. And the complexity of this gentleman uh, being a slave owner, yet being an abolitionist, trying to free the slaves, writing the first 12 iterations of the Declaration of Independence um, and uh, our Constitution, you know, were geared around all men are created equal. And yet he had to fight against, you know, the, the, the times he was living in. Right. And uh, so to live such a complex life and actually even have children and be madly in love with Sally Hemings that he traveled through Europe with, but he couldn't be with at home. Someone who purchased the Louisiana, made the Louisiana purchase yet never traveled more than 50 miles west of Monticello. I mean, what an interesting fellow, uh, you know? Yeah, no uh, kidding. So Thomas Jefferson would be one. And, um, I would love to sit down with Adolf Hitler and, uh, I've heard really, that one before. Yeah. Yeah, find out what his motivators were and find out who else was involved and who else, you know, set him up to be able to make so much happen with so little resources right out of the gate because there's more to that story for sure. Right. And um, I would like to I'd like to know, you know, what what we've been sold and what what's true. Um, and I don't you know, I don't uh, 
I'm not trying to give him an excuse for being who he is. I'm just curious. No, no. Uh, information is king. You know, it's yeah. uh, to find out. Yeah. And uh, probably Jesus Christ, you know? I love this. That is a group right there. I love that. Yeah. It, yeah. it rounds it. I mean, yeah. Getting, uh, you can tell how uh, your your thought processes go <laughs> are very deep just by looking at those three individuals um, from many different backgrounds and having that process. I love it. I love it. And you've, you've been on the stage with a lot of uh, gentlemen and uh, individuals who are quite revered from Les Brown to Brian Tracy to Deepak and yeah. Mark Victor Hansen. So that's, that's, that's a group of individuals too. That would be pretty good to have coffee with. Yeah. And I've been, I've been lucky to, uh, uh, spend some time, you know, I was on Nelson Mandela's security team in the year 2000. And, oh uh, it's just a, a lot of really interesting people that I've been able to, you know, I worked with Jane Goodall for years and oh. she was amazing. Um, oh. there's a lot of amazing people out there, you know, a lot of amazing people out there. Just takes uh, time to open yourself up to having that opportunity to see them. Right. Yeah. And put your focus on being around those types of people and, making it happen yeah perfect perfect it has been such an honor and a pleasure to have you on today leo and make sure people go to i am the matrix.com you can find out more you can find out how to connect with leo um thanks again for being on the show today thank you rob i appreciate it thanks for listening and supporting the forged in the fires podcast with fireman rob Remember, don't forget to like and subscribe to this podcast and please share this episode with a friend or family. To find out more about Fireman Rob or reach out about a question, go to www.firemanrob.com. Until next time, live your life forged in the fires.